Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is April 24th. After yesterday, around here, we had just this incredible, sunny, warm day uh, until the winds really picked up in the later afternoon. And today, we're starting out kind of overcast, a little cooler. We keep being told the rain's going to start in a few minutes. So uh, it was great. I was able to get out and take a really good walk and be out in a favorite park. So that was a good thing to do. Lots of people were out here yesterday, out on the streets, uh, like we haven't seen in two or two or three years, two years at least. So. I hope you're all doing well, and I hope you're all kind of weathering the, the news and the, the world and finding your peace of mind and your own center, being able to stay with your heart and uh, not, not be full of bad news, you know. Be careful about the news, and when you take it in, if you feel like it's doing damage to you, uh, back away from it for a while, or get it in a different form than you're used to getting it. Maybe just read the news every day, and don't watch images over and over uh, that get kind of right into your head. And try to reach out and be available for others and do things that can help you lift your spirits if you do tend to get bogged down by the news and uh, practice more in everything you do. Well, we've read a lot of these essays in Gil Fronsdale's book, and I'm working with anger we've done. I think we've worked with fear. worked with Meta. Here's a here's a good one I think. Uh, it's called the perfection of wisdom. So let's read this. This is and when we finish we can sit for a bit. The Dhammapada verse is 282 that his essay begins with. Wisdom arises from practice. Without practice, it is lost. Knowing these two ways of gain and loss, conduct yourself so that wisdom grows. The perfection of wisdom. Buddhism is sometimes known as a wisdom tradition. The practice of awakening is supported by and expressed in a deep understanding of life. Wisdom is also one of the ten qualities or perfections developed in Buddhist practice. The Buddhist tradition distinguishes three kinds of wisdom, each of which has a place in the spiritual life. Wisdom acquired through learning, reflection, and developing meditation. People sometimes hold wisdom in opposition to knowledge, undervaluing study. 
But in Buddhism, the knowledge that comes from learning is appreciated as a form of wisdom. Studying the teachings is a valuable foundation for the practice. Studying includes reading the words of Buddha and other spiritual teachers. It can include classes. Traditionally, it also includes memorization of Buddhist writings. I sometimes ask practitioners to memorize short text or passages, and wonderful things can occur. A memorized, a memorized passage seems to be processed within us in subtle and varied ways apart from our intellectual understanding. A line or passage will suddenly appear in the mind at an opportune time, providing a new perspective on the teachings or on the word's application in our lives. The second form of wisdom is reflect reflective wisdom, using our powers of reflection to think about important themes in our lives. This includes discussions with friends, fellow practitioners, and teachers. Sometimes people think that mindfulness is in opposition to reflection. For example, because mindfulness is non-discursive, discursive activity must somehow be unspiritual. The tradition, however, doesn't see reflection and mindfulness as opposed. Each one has its importance. Any topic can be the subject of careful reflection. In Buddhist practice, it is considered valuable to reflect upon, digest, and challenge such teachings as the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, Impermanence, Non-Self, Karma, and Dependent Co-Arising. An important traditional subject of reflection is death. There is a saying that age brings wisdom. The wisdom may come from increased life experience, but perhaps even more so from a sense of the proximity of death. When the actuality of death becomes clear to us, it can be a source of wisdom. It may clarify our intentions and priorities. Rather than a morbid concern, reflecting on death can help us live our life mindfully, appreciating what is most important. The third kind of wisdom is that of developing meditation. This is the understanding that arises from developing the qualities of mind, such as mindfulness, that allow us to see deeply into the nature of our experiences. Most people take their experiences for granted, relating only to surface appearances. We tend not to question the very nature of the experience itself and miss an opportunity to see more deeply. As the non-discursive, I'm sorry, I keep mispronouncing that word, as the non-discursive investigation of mindfulness becomes stronger, our vision is less and less filtered through our ideas. We begin to see things more clearly for what they are. As mindfulness becomes more penetrating, we see the three universal characteristics of experience. All experiences are impermanent, non or satisfactory refuge, refuges of lasting happiness, 
and no experience or thing known through awareness can qualify as a stable self. As we meet these characteristics directly, wisdom grows. We begin to understand the suffering that comes from resisting the constant flux of experience. We begin to see that mindfulness can lead us to a happiness that is not dependent on our experience, and we gain ease in our lives. We find a place of freedom with no self to defend or bolster. We can see our shortcomings and our pain without their limiting us, without believing that they define who we are. The perfection of wisdom, of insight, comes when the heart and mind neither cling to nor resist anything. Seeing the three characteristics is a powerful step to this perfection. It leads to an awareness that doesn't appropriate, doesn't fixate on our experiences. The mind and heart allow experiences to reside and pass through as they are. From this place, we can more wisely decide how to act, when to take a stand, and how to say what needs to be said. The art of liberation is learning how to do what we have to do in life. Without the mind or heart becoming contracted or tense. In Ash Wednesday, T.S. Eliot expresses this wisdom beautifully. Teach us to care and not to care. To care and not to care at the same time. It's not one or the other. More often than we realize, we have an alternative to holding things in opposition. Study, reflection, and developing meditation strengthen the practice of mindfulness. They help us toward liberation and bring harmony to our lives and the lives of others. So, I like that one. So reflection is an important part of our practice. And uh, sometimes we, we leave that out. We think about, well, Buddhists are supposed to meditate. Uh, there's, it's a lot more than that, right? We're, we're learning to, uh, those, and those three characteristics that we're always learning about and trying to experience and see it in our own lives, the lack of a, a solid, consistent self that's always stays the same. And just the impermanence that's in the world and everything, and everything in this world. And that uh, things are just constantly changing. Nothing stays the same. Everything is always, always turning over, changing. So, it, that, and understanding that helps to let us let things go helps to let us uh, reflect on and reflecting on those three characteristics through our experiences makes them real to us. So why don't we practice with the time we have left and uh, we'll just begin with watching our breath. So whatever posture you're in, you can be standing or sitting or lying on your back. And if you're walking, you can, you can be meditating, but you don't 
want to close your eyes. <laughs> if when we do walking meditation, we're, fo- we're focused less on our breath and more of the movement of our legs as we walk. So probably everyone's sitting or standing or lying down on their back right now. So if you can, close your eyes just to cut out some of that visual distraction. And be aware of the body breathing. Let your natural breath, although I think it's good sometimes, especially to help us settle down, we can begin by just a couple of deep breaths in and out, because we might have been just breathing so shallowly Uh, just before, that when we sit down to meditate, it can take a while to to adjust the breath and find find the place with our uh, uh, watching the breath where we're not a little uh, shaky with it. So take a few deep breaths if that helps you settle down. And you can close your eyes or you can just gaze down. Have a downward glaze, gaze that's about five or six feet going down, about five or six feet in front of you. Let your hands just rest comfortably in your lap. They can be palms up or palms down or one palm on top of the other. Let's begin, as we're relaxing the body, begin by scanning the body. So we know that when we meditate, we're always in the body. We are, um, our body is a very important part. Being aware of what's going on in the body, understanding how everything comes to us through the body, through our sense sense doors. So everything we know about the world comes through us, through sight or sound or smell or taste or contact or through our mind, which is in Buddhist teachings considered one of the sense organs. I guess that would be the brain or the the mind. So our thoughts and how we react, it's how our body's always reacting to the sense input that's telling us about the world, then we create how we feel about that. So we're watching all of these things, and that's they're all part of this physical body. So just start at the top of your head and just move down slowly through the head, and you're seeing your everything from your skin in, just just like you're a, uh, an electronic a piece of equipment, you're kind of drilling through and being inside your body and outside. But just be aware of how it feels. 
Is there tension in your head? Is your neck, does your neck feel balanced or not balanced? And do you feel, does your head on top of your, you know, on top of your shoulders, does it feel like you're sitting balanced and comfortable? Or is there some tension or tightness in your neck, the base of your spine? And through your face, you may notice where you carry stress. It might be across your forehead or or under and around your eyes. Could be in your jaw. So when we're practicing, it's always good to let that lower jaw drop drop down just a bit so your, your teeth don't need to be touching because if you have tension in your face there's that likelihood you may begin clenching so see if you can feel any tension and then just ah, breathe into it and breathe out and let it go Move down your neck into your shoulders. I'm feeling for tension, for balance. Excuse me. A lot of tension people carry in their shoulders. Now move down both arms slowly, upper arm, and the lower arms. Be aware of the skin and the feeling of touch. Be aware of the flesh. Be aware of the bones. Move down into your hands. Now move back to your upper chest. Be aware of the front and the back. Do you feel supported? Is your spine doing a good job of supporting you? Can you feel your breath a little bit in your chest, upper chest? Typically, when we're meditating, we're feeling our breath. When when we're getting enough oxygen, we're feeling it a little bit in in the belly. We're aware of the belly rising and contracting with each inhale and exhale. And we also feel the subtle feelings of our breath around our nostrils. And when we practice, we want to pick one spot or the other to have that awareness of our breath. So move down from your upper chest and your upper back and move down into your, past your heart and where your stomach, your lungs would be, your stomach, your liver. Is being aware as you slowly move through the body, everything from your skin in, is how that body feels. 
moving down into your abdomen. Then into your pelvic area and your hips. Do you feel balanced there? Are you well supported? Lower back is where a lot of us carry some pain. So be sure when you're meditating that you have support for your lower back or any of the areas that can cause you trouble. Give yourself support there. Down into your upper legs. Down through your knees and into your lower legs. From your calves down to your ankles. And then let your tension move into your feet. Like your hands, there's so many bones in our feet. Then as you come to the end of the body, just wiggle your toes. And now just for a few minutes that we have left, maybe five minutes, just let your focus be very lightly on the breath. Hopefully your body can feel more comfortable. You're definitely in your body. So we're observing the breath from within ourselves. We're in the body, breathing. And we're observing. So we're observing the breath from within the breath. And when we observe our breath from within ourselves, we notice each breath is different. You'll notice some are longer, some shorter, some shallow, some deep. And that's perfectly okay. That's how it should be. We're just observing that. And staying with the breath gives us an anchor. It gives us a place 
when we see the mind is distracted and going after a thought or something that runs through our mind, when we notice that we're, we've gone come away from the breath, then we know we're distracted. So we can drop the distraction and come back to the breath. And that's the process of meditation. So don't feel bad if you get distracted. See it as the exact reason we're meditating. See how easily the mind gets distracted. And then just drop it, drop the distraction, and come back to the breath. Our thoughts will still arise, but we don't have to feed them with attention. We don't have to turn them into a story. We can just observe a thought and then just let it go. It'll go away on its own if we just don't feed it. So don't try to repress thoughts. Just see them rise and just let them be and then we'll watch them just as fade on their own. Take in things coming to you through your sense doors. But what we don't need to do is to start uh, critiquing everything that we hear or smell or see or touch. We're not even critiquing our thoughts. We're just letting them be. We're letting them come in and recognizing that we don't have to make decisions about them, decide if they're good or bad or we like them or not. When we're practicing, we can just allow allow everything to be the way it is.
I like to leave the, my patio door open a bit when, I, when it's not winter time and uh, hear more sounds because some of them are sounds I like. I know I prefer in summer sounds like sounds of traffic that I don't like. So if I can practice with the sounds, it's good for my practice. I, I, can, I can start detaching from my running commentary and just be with whatever is. Be aware of how the temperature, or if you have a breeze, how it feels on your skin. And see if you can just be with everything coming to you. Just be with it. Don't be swayed back and forth by it. Just keep coming back to your breath. If you can, keep sitting, and as I leave, we can share merit. May everything we do or say or think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of not only those around us, but of all sentient beings. And may all of you be well and happy and peaceful and have a beautiful day.